Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Okay, so, so today we are kind of finishing off a, a, a phase of, I suppose, preaching and teaching that we've been doing over the last uh, month or so when we've talked about creating a culture and, um, um, and it, you know, we talked about creating a culture and what does that look like for us as a church, particularly when we come to looking outwards um, in truth, you can't create a culture in a matter of weeks. It, it takes really a, a, a lifetime and a, and a consistent approach to change the way people do things. Because culture, if you define it uh, really, really simply, it's simply the way we do things. So somebody uh, comes into your house and you, you'll know you're going to different people's houses. And one of the first questions you ask is, oh, is it shoes on or off? What's, what's the deal here? Yeah, and sometimes people want to be cool about it and they want to go, oh, it doesn't matter, but you know it does matter. So you take your shoes off. Yeah, I'll just take them off anyway. And um, so that's why I thank the Lord. I always wear socks without holes because I, I wouldn't like to take shoes off in those kind of contexts. But you always ask that question because people do things differently. And as a church, we have a culture. You might not realize it. We have a way that we do things. And that can make it easy for people to connect with us, or sometimes that can make it more difficult for people to connect with us. And and we're doing our best to ensure people can connect through the ways that we function. And last week, you know, we didn't have a preach as such, but John and I had a kind of a conversation, an interview about all that we do around the community and through CAP and Food Bank. And it's part of our culture It's so part of our culture that sometimes, unless we specifically talk about it, you wouldn't know we do it. You just wouldn't know. We don't don't necessarily talk about it all publicly. We don't bring people up to say, look at this person or that person. Um, It's never been like that. And to be honest, that is also part of the culture, that that you can come as you are. You you don't come as part of a ministry uh, when you come to Beacon. You just join the way the church is. So this is a kind of final week... Uh, of that uh, kind of series. And you'll know, just to remind you, we looked at, in the first week of this, we looked at the foundation of grace upon which we want to build everything. Yeah, And I've been thinking about this because um, in last week, last Sunday, our old pastor died. So Phil and I grew up in a church in Catford called Alaford. That was the church we were in, which became King's Church in the end. And the pastor of Alaford, he recently died. And uh, you'd reflect. I've been reflecting on my, my relationship there and what it was like growing up in that church. And I knew him from I was about 10 years old, 9, 10 years old. I can't remember exactly. Um, and I remember, I, I just don't think I was easy for him. Yeah, I don't think I was. Because I, I, I remember the things I remember. I remember entering his study and him telling me, don't do that, Owen, don't do that. I remember being sent home from church for fighting on the stage with his son. I, I remember things like that. And uh, I'm sure, you know, he, he, he just wasn't sure. But what I also remember when I reflect back, because I didn't know it at the time, was every interaction I had with him came with grace. I remember that. I, when I thought about it, I thought, oh, yeah. 
Richard, he never raised his voice. He never shouted. He never said I couldn't. You know, he tried to guide me. Every interaction I had with him came with grace. And um, so that's been a big part, big part of my Christian experience is understanding grace. And it's something that we want to build this church upon. We want people to come to Beacon and encounter grace. Yeah? And that, and that grace surprises them because you don't expect God to be gracious, but he is. So we're wanting that. Um, we talked about the community of the church, and we often talk about uh, the village and this idea of the, the, the smaller sustainable community in the world is the village, where you can function as a community together. And what's different about our community is we're the community where God dwells. Yeah? So, so, you, so anytime people encounter us, they're encountering God because we're the community where God dwells. We don't have to have special Sundays. Every Sunday is a Sunday where you can encounter God. So inviting people to church for us is part of the mission. There's this come and see idea. Come in and see. And, and part of John's testimony is he's always bringing people to church. Part of Jen's testimony, she's always bringing people to events. Whenever we have events, Jen will always have friends there. Yeah? And whenever you come to church, you'll always find people that John's invited. There's a come and see mentality. It's part of the culture. And then we want to engage with the community beyond that. So there's a go and tell aspect. So it's not that it's all come and see. Some of it is go and tell. We need both. And then there's this acknowledgement that God is working in us. You know, he's giving us gifts, he's healing our hearts, and you think about our weekend, God was at work in different people, maybe in surprising ways, things that we wouldn't have expected. And so these last few weeks, we've been kind of looking at all of this, and this culture that we want to, we want to create, come and see, go and tell, we're, we're recipients of grace and we're givers of grace, we're a community where God dwells by his spirit. So when I think about these last few weeks, it seems really simple, but, but the truth is fruit, and people have expressed fruit has come out in their lives. Fruit comes through battle. Fruit comes through battle. It doesn't just appear. You know, it's not like, well, it is like even, even, even flowers. We look at our garden, we've got different flowers coming up, and I know this shows my age a bit or what I do in the weekend or something. But, but, but flowers appear, but they don't just appear. There's actually a bit of a battle for them to come out. And fruit comes through battle. It's often out of our control or out of our ability. We can't control it, and we can't always predict it. And there have been clear moments in these last few weeks, and particularly around the weekend, where we sensed the battle there was a battle, and, and we realized it wasn't a practical, physical battle. It wasn't like there was an army outside trying to attack us, yeah? But there was a battle. It was a spiritual battle. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood, although often the battle comes out in practical ways, yeah? Things don't work, yeah? And often when things don't work, you can get disillusioned. Oh, why does it not work? Oh, why is no one there? There's a battle. There's a battle. And I remember leading up to the weekend, uh, Ruth, who was kind of running it and did an excellent job, part of what she was doing and saying to the leaders was, we need to pray, guys, we need to pray. We need to pray as we battled. 
We face internal fears and insecurities. You know, at some point, we want to do some feedback about the weekend. We haven't got there yet, but we will. But, it, but the weekend, though, I would say in summary, it was a great weekend. I know that for some of us, it would have brought up stuff. We would have struggled, maybe, with a lack of affirmation, a lack of recognition. We struggled with fear. We struggle with envy. We covet. We covet is when you desire something that belongs to someone else. Maybe it's their gifts. Maybe it's their life. And all of these come up. Whenever you put people together in a room, it might be wonderful because it's the community where God dwells, but also there are other things that come up. There's stuff. Yeah, and let's be honest, there's stuff. Yeah. And as I've been thinking about that, you know, and, and, and how do we kind of, you know, really move on? I, I was drawn to this passage in Ecclesiastes. I'm just going to read some verses from it and just make a couple of comments, really. might be more than a couple, but it won't be much more. So Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and I suppose I know why I was thinking, why did I go to this passage? Um, Partly I went to this passage because it's just come up in my, like, regular reading. I've just finished Ecclesiastes and I'm now in the Song of Songs, and I find that when I'm in a passage, God often speaks to me about it, even separate to just the daily reading. And so that's what's come up here. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and just the first six verses. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version, which is not the version I normally read from, um, but I think it helps here. The bits in brackets are what makes the Amplified Version the Amplified Version, if you like. So the bits in brackets are an amplification of what the passage is saying. That's what these these interpreters have done with it. So, so the bits in brackets are not in the Bible. They weren't there originally, but they amplify what's being said to make it a bit more clear. So this is what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, the first six verses. Cast your bread on the surface of the waters, i.e., be diligently active, make thoughtful decisions, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, or even divide it to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth, and if a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it lies. He who watches the wind, waiting for all conditions to be perfect, will not sow Seed. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. Just as you do not know the way and path of the wind, or how the bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, even so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and do not be idle with your hands in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening planting will succeed whether this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Father, I ask for your wisdom today, as I do every day, and I ask for our hearts to be open in Jesus' name. Amen. Around our weekend, there were moments of obvious fruit. People responded to the gospel. Others had deep encounters with God. People were strengthened. These verses speak of the uncertainties 
and the unpredictable nature of life. The truth is, however much we try, we can never really control events, even in our own lives. We can never really control them. And we can never really predict them. We kind of think we can and we try, but often you'll discover that we just make a mess of it. And we have to try and find another way of doing things. No matter what effort you put in, you can't really control or predict the events around you because life is full of uncertainty and life is full of unpredictability. That's the way it works. That first verse kind of summarizes, cast your bread upon the waters for after many days you will find it again. Cast your bread. Give what you have. And this kind of links to the word that Martin had Take a risk. Show some courage. Put it out there, as it were. Try things. Variety, diversity. If you like, our weekend was a little bit like that. There were loads of different things that we tried over that weekend. And we didn't know what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. You know, the acoustic night was brilliant. There was loads of different kinds of people there. Becky did a great job with it. Then in that morning, the equipping morning with Jazz was, again, it was wonderful. The way she told stories, I didn't know she was going to do that. When she spoke about words of knowledge and loads of us came forward and said, oh, yeah, I'd love to operate in that gift more. We didn't know that was going to happen. The picnic, discovering just over there that there's a little park. It's not big enough for football, but it's big enough for other things. The proximity and presence of being so local. The outreach. What was interesting about the outreach that, that Jazz and Nick kind of put together um, was it immediately confronts fear. Yeah? Because when we sat in that room before we went out, I'm telling you, there was fear. It was here. Yeah? I was there and I was like, oh, please, God, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't. I remember I went out with Jean down to Brixton and... Uh, I was, like, I was like praying uh, myself. I was sitting in the room, just like everyone else. And I'm praying, oh, God, you know, I wasn't sure about doing the doors. And I thought, I'm not sure about the doors. And then we decided we were going to go to Brixton. And Jean said to me, I'll be all right because I'm with you. And I was like, I'm thinking I'm all right because I'm with you. What's going on here? Yes, I'm praying and I'm praying. We go down to Brixton. Jean and I go down to Brixton. And we go down with uh, professionals. Um, there's, there's Martin as in Martin and Maureen, and Jen, and there's Nick and Sadie, yeah? And so there's me and Jean, and were there others? I can't remember if there's anyone else. No, that was it. And there were children as well with us. Anyway, we're down there, and we're outside the Ritzy in that area, and uh, within seconds, Nick and Sadie are talking. Yeah, they've got people around them. There's a gathering, or that's what it looked like to me. They're there, and then I, over here, I could see Martin and Jen in deep conversation, and there's me and, Jen, uh, me and Jean. I'm like, oh, God, I can't, the whole day, just standing here, not talking to anyone. What's that going to be like when I go back? What am I going to say in the past? What am I going to say to people? <laughs> so I'm praying, I'm praying. And at that moment, I didn't care what you looked like. I was going to try and stop you, even if you were running past me. I'm going to bump you out. I'm going to stop you, yeah? So I'm there, and we're praying and praying and praying, and it's really difficult, and I'm praying. And then one, and then, and then like, you get desperate, don't you? And you start kind of doing one, doing talk. Anyway, one woman stops. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> One woman stops. And we begin this conversation. And I realised through the conversation that the first thing that happened is fear goes. The fear that we had when we sat in the room, and we all had it, it goes. 
Yeah, the moment you start talking to somebody. And I also realised I learned a lot about the community simply by talking to this one woman. And also, she learned a lot about the church by talking to this one couple of people from the church. It was great. Yeah? Now, actually, I imagine the next time that we do that, the same thing will be there when you go into the room. But actually, it, it kind of worked. Proximity. Uh, it was just confronting fear. And so when we came back, as we all did, we all came back and we kind of shared what it was like. Suddenly, there's no fear in the room. There's faith. It was almost like some people said, and I was going to go and preach out. That was what it was like. There was faith that came. Then we had our meal, the family meal. Who would have known what that was going to be like in the pub in West Norwood that Alicia so excellently organised? We belonged to a family. It wasn't just we were into outreach or into this. We're just a family hanging out. And then the guest service. And I don't know how many of you know that. Um, so we were there on the Saturday. And after Jazz made a real appeal, you know, invite your friends, Rihanna texted her friend. And her friend came on the Sunday and responded to the gospel. Wonderful. And then we all responded. And then we had uh, Reagan's mum. I had a text from Mark a few weeks ago, a number of weeks ago, saying Reagan's mum wants to cook for the church and come to New Day. And I was like, and, you know, so this is a West Indian lady, and so I was like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Um, how do we arrange that? And so I was, everything I could do to arrange that, I was arranging that. And it's partly, I have to confess, I think that Caribbean food is the food of heaven. I do. That's just my own, as personal. It might be that I grew up with it and I just feel that. Or it might just be right. It might just be the, it might just be the food of heaven. So then when Reagan's mum, it was almost like, okay, new day, that would be great. Why don't we just see if it works for the weekend? And so she came for the weekend and it was great. Yeah, it was wonderful. Cast your bread. Give what you have. Take a risk. Show some courage. Put it out there. Face your fears. You cast it upon the waters, which is like into the unknown. You cast it into the unknown. You don't know exactly what the results will be. You see, the sea is way more unpredictable than the land. I'm not a farmer. You know that. I'm not even a gardener. Yeah, you know that as well. But when you plant seed, you kind of have an idea. You know, I've got a hectare here. If I plant this, this is what's going to happen. If the weather works, this is what's going to happen. When you cast your bread in the water, you do not know what's going to happen. The sea is unpredictable. Yeah? The unpredictability of life. Life is more like the sea than it is the land. It is not predictable. However you think. You might think, oh, I, I think I kind of know what's going to happen here. I know where my life's going to go. I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that, then I'm going to do the other. And then you'll get to a point where you think, oh, none of the things I thought I was going to do have happened. And I'm a resourceful person, but, and I'm having to work really hard just to do the things I'm doing. Upon the waters, in the unknown, you don't know what the results will be. When you cast what you have, on, it's unpredictable. You can't control it. But that's the call, that's the adventure. That's the thing that Martin's alluding to. Some of you, there's a service you're doing. Do it. Cast your bread. See what happens. You might not know. And it says, after many days. Another way of putting that is an unspecified, often long period of time. After many days, it could be weeks, months, years you'll see the results. Some results are immediate. And let's be honest, we look for immediate results. Yeah? We planted some seed. 
in a particular part of the garden. And I wouldn't say I've diligently watered it, but I've watered it occasionally. But when I water it, I can't help but look. Is anything happening down there? Is, there, is anything growing? Yeah? Now, obviously, seed, I'm not stupid. Seed doesn't grow like that, but that's our natural tendency, and it's a modern natural tendency. We need to understand that. People haven't always felt the way we feel. We feel like we have to complete everything now. Yeah? My best life now. You know, you're 25 and you're making your bucket list. You know, these are the 100 films you must see before you die. These are the 50 places you must go before you die. Yeah? No other generation has ever lived like that. Yeah? And, and God doesn't call us to live like that. Yeah? You need to know that. The fact that you can do those things isn't necessarily the best thing. People mess up doing that. After many days, an unspecified period of time, you see the results. But it's best not to put timescales on when and how God works. Why? Because it often leads to disappointment. When you decide that God's going to do something in the next three minutes, 10 hours, 10 days, 10 months, 12 months, and it doesn't happen, that leads to disappointment. Not only does it lead to disappointment, it also leads to confusion. Because sometimes you think, oh, but I thought God said. I thought God said he was going to do this. Why has it not happened? So often, our timing and his timing are different, and we forget... We forget that the Bible says, you know, to God, a day is like a thousand years. I don't want to hear that, God. I want to hear a day is like a thousand minutes. Yeah? But God says a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. And what that really means is, I'm confused, so I just better step out. Yeah? I better allow him to decide. After many days, it can often lead to disappointment, or if it doesn't lead to disappointment, it leads to human effort. If you're not disappointed because it hasn't happened, you're trying very hard to make it happen. And again, God's not behind that. That's not God's approach. When God said to Abraham, you're going to be the father of nations, he wasn't asking Abraham to get himself prepared and get all the flags up, Abraham, because one day they're all going to be there. That's not what he was saying to him. What he was saying to him was, "I'm I'm going to bless you. Yeah, it, it was grace. I'm going to bless you. It wasn't that Abraham deserved blessing. But God said, I'm going to bless you. You'll be the father of nations. In fact, when he did go about trying it himself, he produced Ishmael. And what does the Bible call Ishmael? Ishmael was not the son of the promise. Ishmael was the son of the slave woman. Ishmael was the son of human effort. Now in his grace, he blessed Ishmael as well, but that wasn't the point. The point was God had made a promise to Abraham, and he makes a promise to you. He may have spoken to you after many days. It says, you will find it again. So you cast, you give what you have, it's into the unknown, it's unpredictable, there's an unspecified period of time, and it says, you will find it again. You will see and experience the results of your labours and efforts. But the results are completely out of your hands. We've been doing youth in our church for 10 years. We've not been doing youth 
for three years, and these guys came along. And you know, we've been doing youth for 10 years. Since Daisy was 10, 11 years old, we've been trying to do youth in our church. And actually, we've had connection with more youth than have ever come to our church. We've taken well over 100 young people to New Day over that time. But we haven't seen many come back. Why? Because this passage, cast your bread. We cast our bread upon the waters. Ten years later, you're going to hear prayers from young people in your church who have grown through and are now embracing God in ways that many of us are like, oh, I forgot those days. But we've not done that. I'm not standing here going, do you know what? It's my excellent pastoral care. Yeah? Because you'll know it's not my excellent pastoral care. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't even need to say, we know it's not your excellent pastoral care. I do not have wisdom. Yeah? I did not grow up as a wise person. Yeah? You know, and just wise. No. Left to my own devices, I am foolish and impulsive. That is my natural bent. Yeah? I'll be impulsive, I'll be foolish. If you saw me at 12, you go, oh yeah, that makes more sense. I was impulsive and I was foolish. But cast your bread, you'll find it again. Results are out of your hands, so don't take any glory for them. This is what Spurgeon says of that verse. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He says, it is ours to cast our bread upon the waters. It remains with God to fulfill the promise. Thou shalt find it. He will not let his promise fail. His good word which we have spoken shall live, shall be found, shall be found by us. Perhaps not just yet, but someday we shall reap what we have sown. We must exercise our patience, or perhaps the Lord may exercise it. After many days, says the scripture, and in many instances, those days run into months and years, and yet the word stands true. God's promise will keep. Let us mind that we keep the precept and keep it this day. So God is faithful to his promises. We need to be faithful to what we've been called to do. Cast your bread. Cast your bread. Give what you have. See what happens. Proverbs 11.24 says this. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Just think about that for a moment. Think about the way life goes today. One man gives freely, yet gains more. That's a pretty countercultural approach to life. That the way you receive is by giving. The way you get back is by giving. The more generous you are, the more you'll get back. We, kind of can, we can kind of appreciate that when it comes to some things, maybe. Oh, I'll give a bit of my time, but we also like to protect our time. Actually, it applies to everything. Your ideas, your time, your money. Give. Give freely. Yeah. Give your ideas to other people. Don't think to yourself, oh, no, I'm, I've got a great idea. Really, really good idea. I'm just going to hold it. This is my moment. This is my Facebook moment. I'm going to change the world. No. Give. Give freely. Trust him. Trust him. It's like we are to liberally sow seed and we will see in the future what God brings from it. As I've said, we can't control or predict events, but we can set ourselves to respond and act with faith. And faith is the key here. Yeah? That you would respond and act 
with faith. And faith is this idea of trusting God no matter what. Because life never goes a smooth path. It never does. I mean, Paulie and I have been reminded recently of when we were dating. Yeah, and we, we did date for a while, Paulie and I. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy for her. Yeah, it wasn't conventional. Uh, in the first three months, I think I, I, I ended the relationship a number of times because of my feelings. Um, so I was really up and down. I remember talking to Phil for hours and hours. I feel this, Phil. No, I feel that. I feel this. I feel that. Yeah, and um, and and I'm, I'm, and Pauline was patient, but also she, you know, she, if you know Pauline, she's not she doesn't mess about. Yeah, so um, there was one day where she had kind of decided, do you know what, I'm not going to do this up and down thing anymore. And so kind of we had a conversation, and there was nothing in it. It was feelings. It was me up and down, up and down, up and down. Behind that can be numbers of things, particularly for guys. There can be a fear of commitment. If I commit here, what, what happens tomorrow? What if I see someone? What would I do? Yeah, you can fear that. You can worry about that. You know, I, I love it. I'm just... But you need to understand the phrase, fear of commitment. So you need to lose the fear. Yeah? When you lose fear, then you, you can commit. Yeah? Because you replace fear with covenant commitment. Yeah? No matter what, I'm in. We're together. This is it. And once you've got there, I'm not saying it then becomes, oh, it's all really easy, but you've made your stand. You've made your mark in the world, in life. Yeah? And what that does, when you can do that, it brings massive security to the relationship. And, and that kind of security brings, brings freedom. Yeah? And it brings fruitfulness. So how we respond and act, face fear. Don't allow fear. Think about it. Think about it. Are fears hindering you doing stuff? Think about it. The fear of what other people will think. The fear of what other people will say. The fear of failure. Are there fears that are stopping you acting? So what next for us? I'm just going to uh, mention a couple of things. Um, B, do you wanna, Becky, do you want to come up? And uh, Naho, we're going to sing a song at the end. Um, what next? What will God bring to us? Just five really quick things. Summary. Operate in acts of faith every day. Yeah? You need to see your life as a life of faith. Your everyday life. Cast your bread every day. God, what have you got for me today? I put it out there. What have you got for me today? Operate out of a place of faith rather than fear. I think fear is a massive one. And the reason I think it's a big one is because so many of us don't realise that fear is how we operate. We're, we're, we're frightened. We're, but fear can, can be rationalised. Oh, no, but I didn't do it because I was scared. I didn't do it because of blah, 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 blah. Fear can be rationalised. Operate with purpose rather than thoughtlessly. Now, with purpose doesn't mean that you have to have an agenda for everything, but you're not thoughtless. Yeah? Don't operate thoughtlessly. Don't operate casually. Don't operate carelessly. Yeah? So it doesn't mean you have to have a particular agenda for everything, but you operate with thought, yeah? with understanding. You think about things. It helps. 
Although we live in a world that says just do it, don't just do it. Think about it. Think less of outcomes and expectations rather than simply being obedient. Think less about what's going to come out the other side. If I do this, what's going to happen? If I give this, what's going to make? And understand this, spiritual battles are often played out in practical ways. That's why often on Sundays we have more issues setting up than we do any any other time of the day. The setting up, does it work? Would this happen? You've got to get through that. Now, I'm not saying you over-spiritualize it, you're praying for the leads or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but spiritual battles are often played out practically. Yeah, and you just need to be wise with that. Yeah, and you need to be able to stand and be, and be courageous. So those are things for us to do. I just want to mention this, because uh, next week we start a new series. It's only in a three-week series. And um, I've, I've done this before, but not for a while. It's called The Message of Music. The Message of Music. And it's a short series, and it's, it's a series where we're going to take modern and sometimes very popular songs, and we're going to explore them, explore their meaning, um, and the messages that they present, and compare and contrast that to the gospel and what the Bible says. You see, music is very powerful. Some would argue that much of our theology and philosophy of life comes from the songs that we listen to. If that's the case, then some of us are listening to the wrong songs. And that happens even more than the books we read or the sermons that we hear. Sometimes in the songs we, can, we sing, we espouse values and beliefs that are different to the ones that we truly hold. So we're going to explore that a bit. Um, and it's, it's a very kind of practical series. And the songs that I'm doing, just so you know, uh, and to be honest, I do songs that I like, so I don't know whether I'm really, that's really fair. But um, This Is Me, which is out of The Greatest Showman, I, I love that song. Um, but I'll unpack it next week. Uh, um, Human, After All, by Rag and Bow Man. And then I'm looking at, I don't know that there's a particular song there, but I'm looking at the album called Psychodrama by Dave. And uh, that last one, if you know anything, you're thinking, well, how does he know that? I, well, I didn't know that. Uh, Mark and Elwin told me about that um, when I talked to them about this idea, and they said, oh, that's, that's the album, that's the thing. He's the guy. So it's not that I've been listening to him before. I've listened to him since. Um, but it's going to be really an interesting thing to do. And I want to encourage you, even though I would encourage you to invite people to church any week, I do, I want to encourage you to invite people to church on those weeks. Because we will be unpacking how people think, the way people think, how we think, how they think. And we'll be trying to shine the light of the gospel onto that. So it's a, it's a great thing to invite people to. Okay, we're just going to sing, and we're going to sing a song that we were singing earlier. So let's stand together. We need faith in the midst of life's uncertainties and life's unpredictable nature. We need faith. Because if you don't have faith, you just do things by your own strength. And that never really works. So we're going to sing this song about building building our lives. Let me just pray. 
Father, we're just grateful that you just talk in, in a variety of ways to us and that you've done that today. Uh, and I pray that the seed that has been sown through worship, through communion, through prayers, through words that have been brought, through the word that has been preached, I, I, I pray, Father, that it bears much fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.